Hey, Joe. How are you, Brian? Oh, I'm doing great, Joe. You look good. Thank you. Hey, so do you. Oh, well, thank you. We're cutting back. We're cutting back a little bit this month, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, drying out a little bit. Dry Check. June. Yeah. Watching the uh, fat intake, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Not I got some big news. Oh. Big news. Okay. Tanya, my wife, is pregnant. What? Yes. My, isn't that amazing? Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. It's going to be our second child. And I, I just can't. It's over, over the moon. We're so happy. That's the reason why yeah. uh, we are cutting out all the vices. My wife, uh, we're just like, you know, we're going to be healthy. No more drinking uh, any bad stuff. We're mm-hmm. drinking, you know, clean, living healthy. And uh, that's a good opportunity for me because if she has to do it, I feel like I should have to do it. You right. Know, she's my ride or die. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. Well, I will take this grocery sack of opiates back home with me. I was going <laughs> to drop them off, uh, but uh, yeah. But I want to tell you the story. Um, okay. So, so Tanya comes up to me and she goes, I think I need a pregnancy test. I go, oh, okay. Uh, so I go to the grocery store, as you do, mm-hmm. and uh, pick up some stuff, you know, some groceries, mm-hmm. and also uh, pick up a pregnancy test from the pharmacy. Now, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but they keep the pregnancy tests, like the more expensive ones, like, uh, you know, the, the name brand ones, in a plastic security thing. Like it's a, inside a box that you have to use a magnet to open. Gotcha. Like security. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. I, I don't know specifically for pregnancy tests, but I know razors have gotten so expensive, they're often... Is it this kind of like the same? Same kind yeah. of idea, right? So you get it. Yeah. So I'm in the checkout line of the grocery store and I have all my stuff out there and the cashier is trying to open the thing, but it's not opening up because, for, you know, sometimes they don't open up so good. She's really trying. She's struggling hard. And I'm just kind of standing there. And uh, the person standing behind me, I swear to God, the person standing behind me goes, well, that's a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> This woman, <laughs> I'm standing there and she goes, she has to be like, she had to be like maybe early fifties, mid fifties. She goes, well, that's a bad omen. And I go, what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, and I, 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 I was like, I was kind of flabbergasted, but I was also trying to like, you know, let it roll off my back. I was just, you know, you know me, I'm pretty kind of like just right. kind of joking around. I'm oh, okay. They're just joking around. No big deal. Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I guess it is a bad moment. I'll be sure to make sure to not tell my wife about this omen situation <laughs> when I take this to her. Because I was like, I wanted to make sure I mentioned my wife. Like this isn't for just some random person. <laughs> this is for my wife who I'm committed to. It's instead of Uber Eats, it's Uber pregnancy tests, <laughs> Uber EPTs. So, so she's like, that's a bad omen. And uh, the per- the cashier is still struggling to open it, open up the thing. And um, and and I she goes. Again, after that, I go, yeah, well, I'm not going to, I'll make sure to leave this part out. I want to take that home to my wife. And the woman goes, that's just such a dirty habit. <laughs> she goes, that's a dirty habit. My eye, my <laughs> eyebrows shoot right up. I go, what? <laughs> and so at that point, the cashier is like running to a different, uh, you know, uh, a place to like open up the thing. I turn her, she keeps talking to me. She's like, just a dirty habit. And I'm like. Uh, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. She's like, I just can't believe in this day and age, people are still smoking. <laughs> and I look at her and I go, I'm not buying cigarettes. <laughs> um, and she goes, you're not. Then what is that? I'm like pointing to the thing. And I go, it's a pregnancy test. <laughs> and the pure shock and horror 
out of her face when she <laughs> said that. When I said that to her was just, oh my God. She like peered to, it was like a thousand yard stare of shame and embarrassment. <laughs> I've never seen a foot and mouth moment where a person <laughs> face plants with a foot in their mouth. And I swear to God, she goes, that is a very, that's a very personal thing, isn't it? I go, yeah, it's a very personal thing that you're asking me about while I'm in the checkout line of this grocery store. And, uh, but yeah, she thought I was buying cigarettes. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll teach her to look over people's shoulders while they're buying groceries. The audacity. Yes. The audacity to like, I, we've been to grocery stores before the idea of like me commenting on what people are buying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The audacity of that. Can, can you believe that? Um, I can, because it confirms my insecurity of being judged while I'm in the Grocery store line. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? it? Yeah. I, I have a brief story if if you have time. Well, hold on. Before I do that, I do. Yeah. I did have one more line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because she was very uh, ashamed. I, she yeah. was embarrassed. And she should be because that's very inappropriate. And besides, yeah. if I was buying cigarettes, that's none of her business. Yeah. That's like, even if I was, why are you commenting commenting on this? This has nothing to do with you. And so she just walked into the situation and I'm laughing, right? I'm like, that's a pregnancy test. She's like, oh my God. I'm like, I know, right? What you're doing is very inappropriate. And I swear out loud, I said this, I go, when you said it was a dirty habit, I swear to God, all I could think about was, I'm just trying to grow my family. <laughs> and she goes, good good day to you. And I'm like, hold on. No, 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 no. You inserted yourself into my life, yeah. into my existence. Yeah. And now you want me to leave you alone. No, no, no. Now we're going to write this out. Did you turn around and judge the items in her cart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I did not. But... um. Just like I'm checking out cigarettes. Turns out it's a pregnancy test. She has this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shock and horror. I really think I should remake this moment into like a short film. Yes. Because she said, I remember as I leave, she's like, well, you have a story to tell. uh, I guess your family of, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be telling this story. (laughs) I might make a short film out of this. I told everybody when we went home, the (laughs) pregnancy test came back positive. Quite frankly, this will be the story (laughs) for the whole pregnancy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, if she hadn't finished that thought and the test was positive, would you have been like, is this, is this the omen? I mean, yeah, it's just the omen. Well, can you imagine that <laughs> thinking like someone is buying a pregnancy test and like, that's a bad omen. It's not opening. Like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, she had to go back to her car and reevaluate everything she said when she said that's a bad omen. If, like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> If she's a decent person, she did. Yeah, she. I. I think. Yeah, I think she's just one of those high and mighty types who maybe feel like telling somebody not to smoke is doing yeah. the public a good. Yeah. of some kind, even though it's very invasive and very right. none of your business. And I think, uh, but I, she must have like a, a goodness to her because of that. And then she had to go back into her car and be like, palm, face palm, double face palm in her hand. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I said it was a bad omen. I hope I hope everything works out really well. I mentioned it didn't. I mean, that's just horrifying. <laughs> I'd have followed her to her car and be like, you drive that. That's a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> Pollutes an awful lot. Yeah. I've seen the CO2 ratings oh, on that. Yeah, yeah. And let me judge your stuff yeah. that you buy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, follow her home and be like, oh, you didn't take a shortcut. Yeah, you're burning even more gas. <laughs> Smogging up Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so did you have a story about a grocery line checkout? Thing? I do. So um, a few years back, um, a uh, um, a young lady who also performed at Comedy City with me was uh, collecting Band-Aids for a children's Band-Aid drive. I guess at children's hospitals, they just have the boring old tan Band-Aids and or adhesive bandages. I guess Band-Aid's a brand name. And I'm, oh, yeah, I, like I'm, giving, I'm giving them too much pub. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to keep saying Band-Aid because it's easier. Well, but now, uh, now they're going to spike in value. Yeah, now everyone's going to know what a Band-Aid is now. You're welcome, Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ooh, before this airs, let's go buy some J&J stock. Uh, oh. but, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so I see her at Comedy City. I'm like, hey, did you collect as many Band-Aids as you wanted? She's like, oh, we could always collect more. And I, I, I looked at the clock and I was like, hey, yeah, you know what? I'll run to the store. I'll get you a few boxes. And so... Um, without really realizing that it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm walking into a grocery store by myself and going straight to the pharmacy department and just kind of like picking up some random uh, boxes of children's band-aids until I basically can't carry anymore. So I've got an armful of nothing but children's band-aid boxes and I'm not even thinking about it. And I go over to the checkout counter and I, they all just kind of flop out onto the <laughs> conveyor belt. <laughs> And then it hits me, the expression on the clerk's face as he looks at me as nothing but 10 boxes of children's band-aids come out of my arm at 11 o'clock on a Friday night. And I'm just, I'm like, do I say anything? No, wait till he says something. And then he just goes, you, uh, you having a slumber party? And I look at him like, what about this says slumber party to you? I, you know, in the moment I didn't think of anything that's clever, but I should have been like, yes. And our activity tonight was kiddie pools full of broken glass. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and I was just like caught off guard. And I was like, oh, yeah, this does look weird. So I was about to explain. And I go, well, this is for a charity. And he cuts me off like, uh. he, he all but said, eh, 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 eh. like, there's no way he wants anybody to explain why he has an armful of children's Band-Aids by himself uh, at 11 at night in a grocery store. Like there's no innocent explanation, you know, like it's better if I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear this. You know, man. I, Do I, I have to like give a statement later? I don't yeah, know. I, I get to leave here in a half hour. Don't, don't tell me I've got to be filling out a report or something, you know? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That's uh you're right. Like uh, people size up what's going on in your life. Yeah. Like what you're buying there, like a bunch of like 10 boxes of kids band-aids. It's like, so did you have a slumber party or a birthday party? And then like a paper cut situation happened. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a hard day at work and so I just came home and hit the kids, but they're good kids. So they deserve <laughs> 10 boxes. Of yeah. They deserve Spider-Man band-aids. Yes. Yeah. We're, we play a game called, uh, yeah, uh, Band-Aid Mummy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you know, if I actually stood there and be like, no, it's uh, for children with cancer. Um, he'd be like, "Oh, yeah." Well, yeah, it's for it's for a charity drive. For yeah, the, the hospital, of course. Yeah. Um, reminds me of that scene from um, what's it from? Uh, it's a Fight Club where his his uh, package or like his uh, briefcase was vibrating. <laughs> Remember that he tries to get on a a a, air, a flight, and they're like, "So wait, hold on." You're saying they think it was a bomb. Like, was it ticking? Like, typically uh, bombs don't tick. They mostly <laughs> vibrate. Sometimes they get confused with, uh, well, you know, uh, a, you know, the, a, a pleasuring device, if you will. Uh, and, but we can never say 
yours. We must say a, I don't even own one of the, he goes, cut some down. Like, ah, I don't want to <laughs> But so yeah, uh, kid on the way, uh, now that's and great. congratulations. Yeah, and, uh, I have, uh, now that story to tell and it's not nice to get that off my chest, yeah. uh, to talk about that. So, so. are we going to lose our recording studio to another kid's room or yes, we are. This is going to be. We're currently sitting in the future room of our new bundle of joy. Mm. So I'm going to have to build another studio, mm. uh, uh, you know, in addition to my garage, right? I have a four car garage. I've been talking okay. about this for uh, years. Yeah. This is now the time to do it. Uh, get some framing and lay down some uh, flooring out there and turn that uh, window as a window and get oh. some air out there and make an actual livable space out there and make that my office. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that's going to be where we record things uh, whenever. But this room right here is going to have to be the nursery for the next child. Oh, yeah. little studio in your garage. Yet another thing you will have in common with Mark Marin. Mark Marin, yeah. Oh. Yeah, from the WTF podcast. Yes, yes. He's very captivating to listen yes. to. Good podcast. Soon, soon you will have as many children as he has cats. <laughs> Does he have a lot of cats? Uh, yes. I thought Howard Stern. They must, they, must, they must both have a bunch of cats. I'm for sure Stern has cats, too. Oh, he didn't. talks about them a lot. Hmm. What? Hey. Well, his wife, Beth, uh, I think, takes care of animals or something as her thing. If I recall, I haven't listened to Stern in a long time, but that's why he's, right. he's changed. Let me just say, Joe, you probably haven't listened to Howard Stern in a while. He's changed quite a bit over the last 30 years. Um, I know enough about him to know that he has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually am more interested in listening to him now than I would have been years ago because um, his interviews just seem more in-depth insightful they're very now. good yeah. yeah they're very good interviews and um i wonder if that's the thing like when you're that famous like you can just like ask things a certain way because you relate and yeah. like but he also grew up from like working class family middle yeah. class so you can like kind of talk talk things a certain way but this is not a howard stern show this is a yeah. real estate buying podcast <clears throat> guess what joe it is summer yeah. buying season yes we are four days after Memorial Day. No, a week or five days. I don't know. Something like that. It's Friday. It's the, it's the Friday after Memorial Day. You count dear listener at home. <laughs> so <clears throat> so here we are. It is summertime. Technically, well, not legal, like not legally, right? Summer doesn't start until <laughs> mid Meteorologically, it starts <laughs> like June 22nd, I believe. 21st or 22nd. Something like that, yeah. But the pools are open. So yeah. And it's warm out. It's actually like a pleasant warm it is right now the next 10 days in a row low 80s mid 70s around here in lawrence yeah i kind of think we share the temperature typically yeah it's not a wildly different climate in overland park where i live yes (laughs) um so i'm looking forward to that getting outside and moving around um if you're buying a home i guess now is when homes come on the market more is that how that works how does it work in a typical market um you they're there used to be kind of a summer buying season. Like um, it, it, this would still be a little early for it as uh, kids would have just gotten out of school and um, people would have been taking off from their first summer vacations. Uh, so, but usually, um, usually there's, there's a good amount of activity midsummer. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, one of the seasons where we see the most activity though. Um, with interest rates going up a little bit the last couple of weeks or, you know, depending on how you look at it, maybe a lot, um, you know, it, it did take a pretty big swing, even though they're still historically low levels. But uh, I think that I think it cooled off things just a little bit. I was right, by the way. 
Yes. I was right. I called it. Yes. Go back, listen to the previous episodes about this. My plan was always to, always my plan, right, was to sell this house, take the money, you know, put it mm-hmm. into an ETF or some sort of investment. Then we go live in a two bedroom and mm-hmm. wait for these prices to correct. And then, as you know, when you, you sell a house, you make your $100,000, whatever it is. Right. You're buying a new house as a down payment in the market, in the same high market. Right. My plan to get around that was to cash out, put it into some sort of interest-bearing account, go live in some really crappy apartment that is, yeah. you know, made for college kids or something. I don't know. <laughs> like $600 a month for two bedrooms. The nicest stuff, right? <laughs> Here in Lawrence. All beanbag furniture. Yes. Yes. And then wait and just wait out this market, uh, the, the, this home prices market. Correct. And then I can re-enter the market with that, you know, nest egg or whatever it is and put a down payment on in the next house because a house that was once 500,000 as I sit here could be in a year from now drop a lot in price because I feel like we're due for something like that to happen. Yeah. And um, this is not the bottom of the market. So you still could. I mean, unless I'm really wrong and like, this was some weird false bottom. We found. I yeah, yeah, I think I think we yeah. are on the way down a little bit further. Uh, yeah, that's just a, a, a educated guess. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, there'll, be, there'll be a bit of a pullback, but it won't be a um, crash. You know, you don't think so? Um, the last crash was driven by the the bad loans and bad debt were such a factor in that crash. And they're not as prevalent this time. Yeah, that that seems like that sets that apart, right? Because yeah. people were, were abusing the um, banks. Were, everyone, everyone was a lot, a lot of shared faults there. But let's just say loans yeah. were in the hands of people. Uh, loans were like in a situation that were just like as the interest rates went up, then the prices went up and people could not absorb that kind of in- increase. Th- that's true. And it's why you don't see a lot of people buy homes with adjustable rate mortgages anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, and it was people who got in the home and just like after three months were out of money because they were doing stated income loans instead of verification, de- de- verification on two them. years yeah. of tax records yeah. and pay stubs and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. You basically just tell your loan officer, yeah, I make 500 K a year. And it you- says here you work at quick trip. <laughs> yeah. Do you own the quick trip? No, no, but do you know my earning potential? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sell, I sell the hot dogs out the back door on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are hot, hot dogs. You make $500,000 selling hot dogs? Yes. Okay. It's like Norm McDonald. Yeah. You, they could jack up the price on those hot dogs. It's one of those things you eat it and you're just like, oh, I wish I didn't know I liked this. <laughs> yes. It's like I go in there one day, $28. I don't like it, but I'm still buying one. <laughs> that stated income is wild, man. That was yeah. wild. Like, yeah. Like the idea of like allowing somebody just to walk in, like I want three hundred thousand dollars. How much do you make? A million dollars. Right. Yeah. Are you nuts? Okay, that's fraud. I'm like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was a form of fraud where it's like, you know what? Just commit a little fraud right now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> How could I not trust you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, when I bought my house though five years ago, yeah, I remember it was like. I, I assumed it was always like, yeah, the two years of uh, income, like two years yeah. of tax returns, uh, pay stubs uh, that went back. I think I had like 
to verify my income for like it was w2 income too it wasn't just right. like contract income i had to like verify w2 income for at least a year or two wow and um and credit score check and all that and uh yeah i mean i was like fair enough you're giving me a couple hundred thousand dollars i would assume you want to yeah. make sure this works out yeah <laughs> So I guess you're not giving it to me. You're allowing me to finance my house and I'm paying closing costs and paying you interest on it. Mm-hmm. People say like the, I would say like uh, the bank doesn't own my house, but I went to business with a bank to finance a property, right. which I live in. I'm more or less manage it, but not, no one don't think of managing. I live here. Yeah. Uh, but if I don't pay them back or pay them, uh, you know, in a consistent manner, then uh, they're going to tell me to please vacate. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, you know, the, the laws are pretty, uh, if, uh, laws are seem like for like a homeowner in your primary residence, they give you a lot of room to work with. If like, you know, you lose a job or yes. income drops, like they work. They, I think when I worked at the bank, I remember the banks, uh, people working there like, we don't want to own the homes. We right. want the money. That's all we yeah. want. and want to move on with our lives. That is true. They don't want to be landlords because, um, yeah, then they've got a home on their books that they've got to take care of and, uh, they don't want it. So yeah, the, I know. People who in that point in time were um, getting temporary interest rates of like one and a half percent. And they'll be like, you know, this is only good for a year, you know, or mm-hmm. deferred payments, you know, that they'd had, they still had to pay them, but they were deferred till later. Um, banks trying to work with people. And some banks had better reputations than others. Um, you know, there, there's, one bank in particular through all that I decided was evil, but I, I won't name them here. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't want to crash that bank. <laughs> just like, yeah. just like we brought up Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I only want to bring people up. I don't want to bring people down. And I'm afraid if I mention the largest bank in America that uh, I give it a bad name, the largest bank in America. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is it like a bank of the, the country of it, this it, America? It's not of any other country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but if I say who a it is, boa constrictor, yeah. boa. Monday on CNBC, people are like, "Why is the banking system crashing?" <laughs> it's because of this real estate podcast from Kansas. That- Did you listen to it? Yeah, some jerk in a grocery store screwed up the co-host's life. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to buy a pregnancy test. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Did you hear that story? <laughs> They're talking about that on CNBC. <laughs> but uh, no, hey. Kudos to them. They're the biggest for a reason. They they did something right along the way. <laughs> they were there first. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly I don't know. Uh, uh, but yeah. But that's the way it is. Here we are. Um, and so yeah, that brings us to so it's prices the, the way the housing market is right now. Uh, as so I think I, I saw the numbers get as low as two point seven five or two eight percent in terms of thirty year fixed mortgages. I see now. I think I checked recently. It's around the, the upper fours. Seems like it's it can it's into dip. the fives. It's in the fives now. Thirties, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and what that does is people are thinking to themselves like, you know, a two and a half percent or a three uh, three and a half percent. Like I can buy a house for three hundred thousand dollars at three and a half percent versus the same house, uh, which is now five percent. Like okay, now I'm not quite double, but like 80% higher interest rate than what I'm paying for it. Right. And over the course of 30 years of paying for that, like what was once a, you know, when you, when you factor into that, like $300,000 and on top of the, I think I've done the math, like the interest rate on top of that is like close to another $300,000 over 30 years of interest. I'll check my math on that. Yeah. Um, give or take. 
So if you think about like if you buy a three hundred thousand dollar house at five percent, it's even higher than that. Right. And it's a tough pill to swallow to think my house costs three hundred thousand dollars, but over thirty years I'm going to be paying over seven hundred thousand or six right. or seven hundred thousand dollars when it's all said and done. Uh, and you think to yourself like, well, I'm not going to make any money on this. I'm going to have my, my property that I want to live in. Am I better off just taking that monthly payment and putting it into like an ETF or an index mm -hmm. fund and letting it work for me that way and renting a one or two bedroom apartment for 900 bucks a month or $1,100 a month or something like that, you know? Well, the way to look at that is that 900 to 1100 a month you're spending on an apartment, which good luck finding one under 1100 bucks, but uh, especially two bedrooms, but uh, that's no equity you'll get zero of that back at, at least if you know assuming um inflation is on your side and appreciation and then you're just equity you know when you sell your house at some point you will at least you'll have something you know so that is yeah. like kind of the math right so yeah. the let's say let's just use a thousand dollars you're right good luck finding let's just say you're buyer this isn't for like a family i'm not gonna put my mm -hmm. four people into like a studio apartment and be like uh, no no like if you if that's your situation i guess fine but i'm trying to put myself in like a two bed uh, kind of situation uh, like it's a thousand dollars a month no equity but it could be like a two thousand um, dollar mortgage payment that thousand dollars that you would go to that that thousand dollars would now go into an uh investment of some kind Maybe. and would that pay you off more and then it also like the question is, how do you want to live your life? Do you want to yeah. live in a house or do you want to live in an apartment? Yeah, that would take quite a bit of financial discipline. Uh, good for you if you can do it. Um, and uh, yeah, you may come out ahead that way. Uh, but yeah, that's a, just how do you want how do you want to live it? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that, that's that situation when as the interest rates go up, that's going to be more and more. It's going to cost you more. It's just going to cost more to buy a house. It is. It is. Um, but there are also other advantages of buying a home. Once you have equity in it, you can borrow against it, um, you know, which talk to your financial advisor before you do that. But you can do that to uh, buy in investment properties and grow your real estate portfolio and get cash flow that way. Um, so there, there's a way to leverage it. Um, but um, yeah, even if you just make your minimum monthly payment for 30 years and do nothing else and stay in the house. Um, like I said, you're over the course of 30 years, unless something catastrophic happens, you're bound to have some appreciation. And as long as you maintain the home, I mean, you know, the roof flew off at year 20, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you're, you're, you're probably in sorry shape and you probably should have just walked away from the house, but, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, um, yeah, but no, uh, I, I've kind of done the same calculus myself because I am currently a renter and I look at the difference between, what a mortgage payment would be for the houses I want versus my, my rent. And it's like, well, um, I can put the difference into stocks, you know, I can put the difference into bonds. I could, um, you know, play roulette with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always, always a good idea too. Yeah. We have casinos here. Yeah. It, it was um, something my parents really encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> I think Warren Buffett talked about that as well. Yes, yeah. Buffett on roulette. Yes. <laughs> I like how Warren, Bu Warren Buffett, he, he keeps on saying this over and over again. It's like, honestly, just buy and hold stocks. Yes. That's all you have to do. Just yeah. buy the, the, not the, some growth stocks or buy just like the stocks that have like, long-term value that have been around for a while, like Coca-Cola or Home Depot, or like these mm -hmm. stocks are like, they're established, like Microsoft to be a good one or Visa. Like just buy those and hold them and mind your own business and don't 
don't do anything else. And like, and that's how he makes his money. Especially if they pay a dividend, mm-hmm. you know, um, sure. this is not financial advice, but, no, no. uh, Hey, we're here. We're talking. Hey, we can talk about finance stuff. Yeah. We're just a couple of guys yeah. hanging out in a nursery, <laughs> a soon to be nursery right. talking about finance that's stuff. <laughs> that, yeah. This is the guys who, what, two episodes ago were like, Hey, uh, Conan O'Brien drawing on a napkin is a great NFT to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I guess listen at your own risk because yeah. it gets risky in here. You know, though, that wouldn't be worth nothing. <laughs> it would. Yeah. I mean, a Conan fan would definitely buy, pay something for it. Uh, even somebody like I'm not a fan of, if, if they were relatively famous and signed a napkin, like three bucks. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. He's Which I am a fan of Conan, so I'd, I'd pay at least, you know, 12, 13 bucks for that. Yeah, you know? I'd pay some money for a Conan autograph, for yeah. sure. I have Weird Al Yank fix over there in my room, so. Um, but, yeah, you were saying something, Joe? I forgot. Oh, yeah, we're talking about, you're talking about investment, like not financial advice, but yeah. what? <clears throat> Did you have anything? I, I think that pretty much says it all. We're not financial advisors. <laughs> yeah, That's all I was trying to prove. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that covers <laughs> it. Um, uh, so With no caveats. So what does this mean though? So you're, I always come back to first time home buyers. Yes. I guess. Um, yeah, because they're the, this is a tough market to kind of break into. It is. Don't you think? It is. Yeah. And, um, I hope that's not discouraging too many people. Um, but, um, myself and other agents who have worked with, um, people who are, who are in typical first time home buyer price ranges, um, which in the Kansas city market would, Oh, depending on where you're looking, um, two fifty and under, two twenty five and under, that stuff just is going like crazy. Um, I saw a video. <clears throat> I saw a video um, that talked about like builders building starter homes. Uh-huh. It's almost I don't want to use the word non-existent, but very low like uh, starter homes that are like in that price range. Right. Like uh, I think back in the eighties, they're like, yeah, 70% or 60% of the homes were like in that starter home range. Now it's like below 7% or 6% yeah. of the homes are in that starter home price range. You just mentioned. Yeah. Well, it, as far as new construction, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's so tough with the material costs. The builders would do it because there's a huge demand for it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would build to fill the demand, but uh, material costs just being what they are, you know, there's a certain square footage where your per square foot costs just start to go back up, you know, because it, it's even if you have just one bathroom, you know, that one bathroom still costs you as much in a you know thousand square foot home in a, as in a thirteen hundred square foot home. And um, things like um, permits are pretty much the same. I, I think they vary a little bit by square footage. I've never bought a building permit myself, but my understanding is like on the homes I'm selling out in Gardner um that they're they're about twenty thousand dollars just in permits to get the house you know so there's a certain point where you're amortizing that over square feet that where it gets it your per square foot costs begin to go back up you know wow um so it's like is that like diminishing returns is that the phrase for that or i think that would be an accurate way to put it uh um so there's kind of a tipping point um it's looking like the smallest new homes i'm seeing are like 1300 square foot ranches. I think if you start to go below that, it, it doesn't make sense to buy permits, you know, mm-hmm. um, or materials at all. And, uh, so, but, um, you know, I, I that's, that's a pretty small house and, um, you yeah. know, 1500 is a lot more common kind of a starting point. So under 250, Yeah. That's, um, 
I mean, the house I have right now, I think, what was it like? Um, 2016, it was 272. The, um, thereabouts. You'd, yeah. If you, you were there, yeah, you helped me there. Yeah. And you'd remember better than I would. And if you want to tell people how much you paid for your house. I mean, it's public information. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most nerds don't. Go looking for it though. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, yeah. well, this is a real estate podcast, yeah. but I'll, so I'll tell you the numbers. It was two seventy two, yeah. uh, and I'm like, so. But my, we were always joking because this was the first house we bought, but we put off buying a house for so long. Yeah. And Tani and I, we, I think Tani was pregnant with our first child. Yes. And that was kind of like the the moment we decided, we're like, okay, we got to get kind of serious about uh, the home buying situation because here right. we are, the family is growing uh, and how are we going to, you know, versus like, uh, which, you know, you can, you can raise a family just fine. And, uh, uh, you know, family friendly kind of apartment complexes, not like a college, yes. <laughs> like geared towards right. college kids or whatever. Uh, uh, there's plenty of like, uh, I think Vladimir would probably pr- he'd prefer to live <laughs> in like an apartment complex like we used to live at with a pool and yeah, like next to a playground and everything. He seems to have fun when he comes to my apartment, but he certainly does. You usually buy him a new toy to distract him every time you come over. Yeah, <laughs> he likes going to your house because we had to buy your apartment, so we had to get, get him a toy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, it was funny because like uh, that that number two seventy number was like the idea of like that being a first time home buyer. We would laugh like I can't believe our first. Home we bought is this, and now the, the price you just dropped in like a two fifty territory. Like now, that is the the first time home buyer price at this point. Yeah, um, if I was, if you bear with me, I actually have the Kansas City multiple list service open, and I'll just the Major League Soccer service. Yes, <laughs> I'll do Overland Park. Um, so active Overland Park. Oh, geez, only thirteen houses. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God. Nothing 275 or below. Jeez. Uh, 279 will get you a two bedroom house. Um, okay. So, okay. Two bedroom. Um, when was it built? It was built in 2003. Okay. And it's 1,239 square feet. 1239. Is it basement finished? No. No basement? No. So you have a. Four car walkout finished basement that you bought for two seventy two. Now this is Overland Park. You're in Lawrence, and, uh, and Lawrence is way fancier. Yeah, we all know that Lawrence is kind of like you know everyone wishes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, I love Lawrence. I, I love Lawrence. Yeah, no, it's it's your own personal taste. We we yeah. shopped in Overland Park. We if you recall, and we shopped in Lawrence, and Lawrence was just a better fit for our uh, what we wanted. So yeah, um, I think about moving back to Lawrence from time to time. It's just. Once you move away, it's like, eh, nothing's near it anymore. Um, so there's nothing for 275, but for 297 in Lawrence, uh, you can buy a three bedroom uh, split level with a two car garage. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> What's why do people hate split levels so much? And why do I like? I, I didn't care, but until I was yeah. told that I should start caring. What, what's up with that? Well, um, thanks for driving away all of our split level listeners. But, <laughs> if you uh, like split levels, yeah. I've seen some very nice split levels. No, um, That's the thing is I, I thought they were fine. They, they've, they've actually come back into style. There was a point where um, they were the word split level equaled cheap. Oh, and, yeah. uh, but no, I, I I've seen um, them start to, uh, they are less expensive to build, but building costs have gotten so high. I'm starting to see them come back into some areas where I didn't think I'd see them. And the new ones that they've got are pretty efficient plans, actually. Is that what it is? It's like a, it's the more efficient use of the floor plan or something, I guess. I don't know. Basically. Like, um, I thought I always thought like my friends, like when I was growing up, they had 
some of my best friends had split levels and I didn't think yeah. I, I was a kid, right? You don't think about stuff like that right. when you're a kid. Um, it's like, whatever, it's a split level. I thought it was cool because the stairs go back and forth yeah. <laughs> next to the door and everything. Right. And, you know, I don't know. As a kid, I was always fascinated by like, well, a home that has more than two levels, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're half levels, but as a kid, I was like, whoa, we're on the third level, well, you know? <laughs> well, were you like a, a 70s stoner when you were a kid? Like, yeah. whoa, man. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> Were you Matthew McConaughey or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't know. I've never seen that movie. Whoa, we're, we're twelve feet off the ground, but it's the third level. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did want to get into a discussion. Well, maybe that's like we should do a deep dive in the split levels. Like, what happened? Um, I don't know. I, um, I, you know, my opinions changed on him. I, I, but that, it was kind of before I was in real estate. It, it was just I wasn't familiar with him. Uh, but now, like, like generally speaking, on the new ones, some of the older ones you won't see this, but on the anything built like after 2000, 2005, that's a split level. It's usually got two living areas because of the way they're excavated. Um, so yeah, that's right. They yeah. they have like two kind of like, and that's nice, right? Because yeah. like, if you want to watch TV upstairs, and I want to watch it downstairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the so two ninety, so that's two ninety something in Lawrence for a split. 1200 no okay uh well no this one's uh 2490 square feet okay but, uh, but three bedroom okay you, you got four well you're one in the basement well yeah the um but i think the next house i need to buy like if i'm gonna do that so i sell this house for there's no way my zillow listing price uh what is there is going to like be what it's actually going to go for is the zillow ever accurate i assume they are sometimes they say they are they're a good ballpark. They're kind of a good starting point, um, but they're not the be all end all. Um, if I was to take a listing, every time I've taken a listing, like what Zillow says about that house has factored in like zero. Okay. Um, all right. Um, it's the ballpark like plus five, plus five percent, minus five percent kind of thing. Would you say, or like a plus minus ten percent? Probably closer to five. Okay. But okay. but uh, they're. they're um, you know, they're just using very broad data. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you guys kind of like the County appraiser. Okay. Um, they're just very looking over very broad data. They're not breaking down based on like lot or whether something has an extra garage bay. Well, they'll, they'll break down for that. But, um, you know, I guess the big one that Zillow, I don't know that can really account for is like the home site. You know, if it has a view, if it's backing to power lines, oh, okay, know, yeah. stuff like that, or, um, you know, they don't factor in the fact that like I'm close to a very popular amenity or they don't factor in like, if I had like a Starbucks down the street, like right. at the end of our lot or something like in the very first, like closest zoned area where there's like a Starbucks within like a two minute drive of my place. I feel like mm -hmm. that, that adds value. I don't care who you are that like people get excited for that. Well, sort of it's thing. also pretty much everywhere in America though. Starbucks are everywhere. I don't have one close to my house right now. I have a quick trip though within oh, like yeah. five, three minutes of my place, which is awesome too. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't have McDonald's nearby, which is always kind of annoying. Oh man. Right. Oh, poor <laughs> you, thing. You look so concerned. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like, and I don't even eat, I'm not going to say I never eat at McDonald's, but I like rarely do. And it's like, oh man, I'd miss that. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I haven't had McDonald's in a month and a half. I would <laughs> say you're being sarcastic, but you look serious. Yeah. You seem like you're actually are concerned it's, about it. It's a, it's a rich tapestry of uh, <laughs> serious and sarcastic. 
man. Well, this brings me up to this. Uh, we have a blog post on the website, the uh, ksrealtyagenda.com. Home of Joe the Realtor. Mm, thank the, you, Brian. Joe the Realtor website. Yes. And there's a blog post on there called The Hard Truth About Selling Your Home for Top Dollar. Mm-hmm. A lot of opportunities here because like I was talking about the Zillow list price that I have for my house, what do I got to do to hit that number? Like, can I hit that number? I guess if you find a buyer who wants to spend that money, you can do it. But that's the thing. Yeah. So um, it's not as tough in this market because inventory is still low. Um, you know, no matter where you are in the KC Metro or Lawrence, if you consider. Like, so like uh, one of the things we talked about was the home needs to be moving ready. Right. Now that, yeah. Now having said that about inventory and it being a seller's market, yes, there's still like, you still need to follow some steps. You got to, your house has to present well. Um, before you take photographs of the home, it's recommended you, you know, get out the clutter, stage it, um, and, and frankly do a deep clean, you know, yeah. that doesn't necessarily show in the photos, but there, there is some stuff like, like actually getting down and like wiping down your baseboards and your light switches that it's one of those things you don't notice right when you walk in a room, but the, you know, it's like, why does this room look dingy? And then you look close. It's like, Oh, that's because there's all sorts of, don't look at my fan blades right now. Uh, oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, I should probably clean this place up before we build a nursery in here, shouldn't I? Yeah, we will. Um, we'll clean this place yeah, up. Yeah, you, you got a few months. Yeah, right? Yeah, sure you do. Put that off till like November. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we, and that's great at, uh, to finish my point. Yeah, to get the photos taken and actually get people to the house. But yeah, it does have to be clean. And, um, you know, like I, I recommend getting carpets cleaned and things like that just to get the smell as neutral as possible. So we're talking, I got to spend like what, two, $3,000, uh, getting uh, ready probably to not go? quite that much, but okay. but several hundred for sure. Okay. So maybe uh, under a thousand bucks would be enough to get where we need to go. It depends on what your yeah. situation is, but yeah. I'm trying to think of averages like eh, maybe a couple hundred bucks. Maybe we'll see what the situation is, but yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, if, if the carpets need cleaning, um, you know, that's, it just depending on how big the house is, that's at least going to be 300 bucks. Now, do you pay that as the real estate agent to do you clean their house for them? Do you pay for that? I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, but I do pay for the photos. I will okay. pay for a staging consultation. Um, so I'll take care of that part of it. Uh, but because it, it's not something I do for everyone, you know, cause some people can get the home clean enough by themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't need professional, um, you know, and so like, Hey, Joe, I'm going to clean my own house. Well, okay, what do I give you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you clean the house yourself, Joe? Do you come in with a vacuum cleaner and you do it? I do not. So I, uh, you, you don't pay for it. You don't do it yourself. I thought that's what a realtor does. Well, okay. I will say there was one time. Um, th- this, is a, this is a very unique situation, but uh, twice a year with new homes, we have the parade of homes. And um, one of the homes I was in was getting judged and the builder's are very uptight when their house is getting judged. And so this one builder was like, Hey, the model home is all cleaned up for judging tomorrow. And it was like three in the afternoon. He goes, you know what? Just lock it up and tell people you're sorry. They can't see it till tomorrow after it's judged. I'm like, okay, no problem. So locked it up. And then I had to leave the office to go show a house and I come back and the garage door is wide open and there are people in the house and I'm just like sweating. Cause I can't like yell at them and get, get out of here. <laughs> 
but I guess the door hadn't latched. Oh no. And so I'm like, do I call the builder and tell him? And so I went to the house and it looked like spotless, except you could tell they'd walked on the carpet. Ah. So I went home, got my vacuum and oh, vacuumed. Oh my gosh. It was just the bedrooms, but okay. I did it, you know? And, and then, um, I was like the next morning, I was like, I, I should just be honest. So I told him, I go, I go uh, yeah, I, uh, somebody came in and I went in, I, uh, came back and vacuumed the the bedrooms after because everything else was hardwood. It wasn't that big of a deal, but uh, I was like, yeah. you never know those HBA judges a footprint. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, that sounds like a, an episode of like Mr. Bean. Well, what's funny is when I told this builder that he goes, Oh, I came by and checked in the house this morning and I walked in all the rooms. I'm like, Oh man. Ah. <laughs> like, he just starts cracking up. He's like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like, well, I'm here and I don't have my vacuum now. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, well, I'm glad you're committed. You are committed yes. to, uh, you know, your clients and your builders yeah. and the people like you're real, you are stand up realtor. Well, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to make a ba- blanket statement. Like I'll vacuum your house, but if something like comes up and it's like, I can solve a problem with my vacuum. Okay, I'll do it. You know, I like uh, like so you go in there and the vacuum. You start vacuuming, and then something like the vacuum breaks and dust flies everywhere. And now you have to like dust the room. But then like you break a mirror, and then like this big like comedy of errors starts happening, like Mr. Bean style. And then you're trying to fix everything, but it keeps falling apart. Eventually, the house is just in flames. <laughs> you're like, and then like cuts to you. You're like in the middle of the smut and all the stuff. The soot, the soot, not, so, not the smut, the soot. Oh, <laughs> that'd be another problem. Yeah, basically. that's another problem. Like, yeah, you're like a cartoon character. Your face is all like your shirt's like tattered and everything. <laughs> and you're like, you're holding the keys. Like, I got the house ready for you. <laughs> yeah. What? Why is it all charred inside? I guess that's basically what I just described is uh, the opening scene to Dumb and Dumber where like dogs <laughs> need to get primped and like they're just covered in mustard by the time they get to the person. <laughs> <laughs> that'll brush right out you know <laughs> might just want to run a comb through yeah so but yeah okay so selling your home for top dollar cleaning up declutter the real estate agent does not uh, clean the carpet themselves you need to hire a professional or if you know you maybe you have your own like shop vac or your own cleaning yeah. supply you can do it yourself i you mean th- i would only get a uh professional cleaner if you are like wanting to deep clean your carpets if like you've had um Pets, yeah. um, You don't want to smell of cats while you're in there, and you can avoid it. Even if you've had cats, that's not, or or, you know, if you've had potty trained pets, you may have never had an issue. But um, you know, if it's been like more than two years, even well trained pets, you know, it just you can tell an animal. You can tell, yeah. Um, Especially if someone has allergies and they have like a sneezing attack in their house, you don't want that to happen. Another thing in here is like furniture. Um, Mm -hmm. Talked about like buying furniture or staging with furniture, but. A nice touch, I think, uh, is buying like using furniture as locally supported. Like if there is a local buy, like a local builder of furniture or some kind mm-hmm. like that, you know, yeah. support the community a little bit. Right. Maybe if they have like a staging opportunity to put like a, a fancy chair. Sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. I get to showcase their stuff. And then you look like, um, you know, somebody who's really tied into the community. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you uh, or like an artist, maybe yeah. like a local artist and maybe you yeah. decorate the home with that stuff. But, you know, maybe that's the thing. Next time you stage a home or I guess this is not really a, a podcast for I guess if you're a real estate agent, you're allowed to listen to this as well. Yeah. Maybe you stage a house with like locally sourced stuff. That'd be kind of cool. sure. Yeah. Um, no, I think that'd be a lot of fun. It would be a neat hook. It would be something people would remember. You know, it's like 
I don't know if you had art on the wall from a local artist, you know, mm-hmm. if you have that, make sure you are pointing it out because that that's something memorable. That's something really cool. Mm-hmm. That's going a little bit the extra mile. Um, if you're an, if you're an agent who's not like me, who shows the house drunk, uh, be drunk on local beers, you know, um, the local craft whiskey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Drink, uh, you know, if you want, if you want to have barbecue there, that's Kansas city specific barbecue places, you know, a lot of, a yeah. lot of choices. Yeah. If you want to like stain the couches with barbecue stains, yeah, yeah. just wipe your hand on the floor and be like, that's local. <laughs> so so yeah, staging your home, declutter, cleaning. Um, what do you think about this? Keeping your home well lit, making sure it's well lit. Yeah, that's uh that's important. Um, because um, and that that's yeah, just a well lit home is more inviting, and it's something to be conscientious of. Um, you know, in our part of the country, we have great, greatly changing weather. Um, if you you know it's been sunny for three days and you've got three showings that day and it's overcast. Well, you may want to turn on some more lamps or something in the house, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. open, open shades. You wouldn't normally open, um, things like that. Uh, just be mindful of that. So, and this is where, um, you know, when you're selling your house and for top dollar or trying to get the most out of your, you know, the value out of your house, this is where I think, uh, Joe, I think you come in very handy. Um, you know, real estate agents do a lot. Realtors do a lot. Uh, but my thing about favorite thing about Joe in, in addition to his impressions, which impressions, which are very good, but he does the negotiation for you. Yeah. Skilled negotiator, aren't you? I, I, I think so. Yeah. You dabble. Yeah. I dabble. You know, um, I, I try to be careful what I say because a lot of times the people who are like, I love negotiating. I'm so good at it. Are you, the people who like wear that on their sleeve are usually the worst negotiators. You know? like, <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just want to, well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things too. Like you've been doing real estate, real estate work for so long. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things you get good at and, or you get accustomed to, I should say, like yes. it's a thing you understand. And do you like negotiating for sellers or buyers or you like homes in general? I do. I do. You know, and, and it's, um, you know, like a good example is um, about a year ago, I had some buyers that were buying a home and they had looked at two or three other homes in this neighborhood where they had found the home they ended up buying. And um, it was a Thursday and it was raining and I realized not many people were looking at the house and um, we had missed out on a couple other houses. And I go, hey guys, let's go this amount over the asking price and just tell them, here it is. We're paying more than you're asking. Shut it down. Don't show it this weekend. And, but there's a very diplomatic way you have to say that, you know, it sounds like I negotiated against my own buyers by going over asking price, but the way homes were selling in that neighborhood, it was going to go over asking price and we didn't want to miss it. And so we just jumped to that. And, uh, then there was, um, a bit of diplomacy with the seller's agent to be like, look, uh, Hey, you know, we strongly suggest you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm playing it up a little bit. You know, I didn't put it this There's way. There's a way yeah. because real real estate agents, they understand, which yeah. is one reason why you want a realtor uh, yeah. in your corner. They do take the emotion. I think they the good yeah. job about taking the emotion out of it. Kind of like how a lawyer, like someone detached from it because it's hard. Right. Is your, if you're like me, like it's your home and you're kind of emotionally connected to it. You need someone who can like, look, we're talking numbers over here. So we got to mm-hmm. be kind of detached from that a little bit. That's where you come in. Right. right. Do you think that's a good way to think about that? Yeah. And well, yeah. And being in the house, this, this was a seller that had left up a lot of family photos and we could tell it was a big family that they had lived in the home 
for some time, probably not the whole time they had kids, but for some time and we're attached to it. And this was an important home. So I didn't want to like, you know, come on too strong. I, and this was a conversation I had with the agent about three or four days after we were under contract. I was like, it was tough. I wanted to be aggressive, but I wanted to be diplomatic. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, want, want them to get mad about this. You know, it can be insulting. Yeah, can it, yeah. can it, it can and like, it, yeah. If you're just talking numbers, like on, on a, on a mathematical, you're just talking math, but it gets insulting if you don't do it right. Doesn't it? Well, in this case, it wasn't numbers. Cause we were going over their asking price. It was more like, I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. You know? Exactly. Like yeah. Ego and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but the agent was like, no, you played it just right. You know, nice. you get, yeah. And so I was really proud of that one and it was, ended up being the perfect house for my buyers and, yeah. um, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that, like the value, um, because that's kind of, you need someone to kind of mediate that. And now if you can mediate that yourself, uh, you know, that I think that's just a muscle that you have to work at. Um, that's where real estate agent, a skilled realtor comes in over a year of like you have been doing this for over 20 years. Um, it just, it's like a muscle you have to, you know, work at. Yeah. And, um, and whenever I think about stuff like that, like trying to negotiate price and numbers and who gets paid, what that can get kind of tense and yeah. having someone, I, I always go, I go back to lawyers, the same thing. Like, look, this is kind of emotional. There's numbers and there's people's lives that like you need someone who can, you know, you know, be your, uh, uh, I don't know, your champion, your diplomat for you. Yes. Be your, uh, what's a good word for that? Like, uh, advocate. advocate. Yeah. yeah. It'd be the advocate. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's, uh, that is one value. Like I recommend our, that's why I think going with realtors is always a good idea. And, uh, me, especially Joe, the realtor. Yes, yeah. Good podcast episode, Joe. Yes. You're a good guy. You know that he's really good. I don't know. You you need to meet Joe at least once in your life. I think you know. Should should we have a book signing? We we should write a book first. <laughs> oh, we could sign any book. I mean, <laughs> just like <laughs> we should yeah. show with Jay Leno's <laughs> leading with my chin. <laughs> the phone book. You know? <laughs> a phone book from 1997. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where comic book guy goes, "Yes." This is a rare photo of Sean Connery autographed by Roger Moore. <laughs> like, like people going home with like, yeah, this is my Stephen King book autographed by Joe Stevenson. <laughs> Sean Connery autographed by Roger Moore. <laughs> there was another funny Simpsons kind of kind of goof on like that. Uh, there's a recent Simpsons. It was a uh, it was the trailer of the upcoming episode, not the movie, but like the uh, preview. Pre right. pre you uh, uh and uh it was for i don't know it's a tiktok i don't know her name but she's famous on tiktok and homer goes so what do you do she goes i entertain i entertain people while while they watch tv <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line <laughs> so okay joe the realtor uh real estate agent in the casey metro area um and we'll announce a date soon where you can bring your uh, simpsons memorabilia out for me to sign Oh yeah, Bring, we like we like the Simpsons here. Yeah. Uh, like, share, subscribe to this podcast. If you made it here to the end, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, share, like, subscribe, uh, and what else? What else? What else? Go to website ksrealtyagent.com. Also, if you find Joe, uh, I think you're on Facebook as well. Search Joe Facebook, Stevenson. Yeah. I, um, at uh, the uh, company I'm with is uh, Weikert Realtors Welchin Company in yeah, Overland Park. Talk. So you can find me there. Um, yeah. Okay. That was one hour in. Thank you for listening to the Kansas City Real Estate Podcast. Bye.